Systemic racism is a demeaning, destructive evil. It is a scourge that does not have a cure. There is no cure for systemic racism because it is not a disease. Systemic racism is a symptom of the disease of flagrant self-centeredness fueled by insatiable greed. If you expect to have any meaningful impact on the horrors of systemic racism, you must focus on the disease and not just the disgusting symptoms. Yes, there may be treatments that will mitigate a bothersome symptom, but those symptoms will return if you neglect to treat the disease. I have been a physician for 40 years. A physician meets with patients who present with a troubling symptom like a cough. The physician then attempts to uncover the disease, like possible lung cancer, that is causing the symptom. During this process, treatments may briefly lessen the impact of the symptoms and improve the patient's comfort. Even when the symptoms improve, the focus needs to remain on diagnosing and treating the disease. Symptoms are not diseases. They are troubling and inconvenient. But it is the disease that can be deadly. In the case of lung cancer, if the physician only treated the cough, the patient would, in many cases, continue to worsen and eventually die prematurely. You cannot cure systemic racism by marching in a protest, dropping to one knee, or by changing legislation to favor a specific ethnicity. These actions focus on the symptom while neglecting the disease. What are we to do as a people of faith during this time of social unrest? We cannot change the hearts and minds of the troubled masses, but we can show, by example, a better way. If we are spiritually intact and willing to address greed and self-centeredness in our own lives, there will be no room for racism. Our walk with God should provide healing for the disease of self-centeredness in our own lives that results in systemic racism. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage those of you who are spiritually intact and desire to spread God's love to those around you during a time of social upheaval. With all the confusion and turmoil in our present age, we must not allow our love to grow cold. Philippians 2 verse 4 instructs us on how we should be living. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. Do not just rapidly pray for others as an empty token of compassion. Take time to consider what matters to them. If you find your love for others has grown cold, you will find it starts to warm again if you take the time to consider the plight of others seriously. Life is hard, very hard, and all people struggle. Behind all the noise and chaos, the people in your world are in a great deal of pain. God created man 
to experience fulfillment in a quality relationship with God, aware of His value and purpose, active and creative, with productive power and a vibrant eternal spirit. Humanity is to be both physically alive and spiritually alive. God created humanity with all that is needed to be completely content. With disobedience came a fracture in this very special God image. Now there is a problem. We still have God's image, but its expression and experience have become severely distorted, causing the primary source of our struggle. All people struggle with a deep, foreboding sense of isolation and aloneness. We all struggle with a sense of meaninglessness, that what we do does not matter, and therefore we do not matter. We all wrestle with the burden of being responsible for our choices and the feeling of being powerless where we desperately need strength. We all struggle with our mortality. We know we are not going to live this side of heaven forever, and therefore we live with a robust ability to deny all troubling reality. Without a relationship with God, all humans struggle with the fact that they are spiritually empty. Instead of being spiritually intact, we drown in a sea of uncertainty, fear, injustice, and a desire for vengeance. We have become entirely self-protective and self-absorbed. These struggles cause a profound, painful misery, a misery that does not have a medical or psychological cure. This painful misery results in a life of self-focus, causing our love for others to grow cold rapidly. What can we do to become less self-focused? What does it mean to live as a Christian in this time of trouble? To help with this a little more, I would like to introduce a concept called burden filtering. Your love grows cold because you have become preoccupied with the miseries of your life. If we follow the advice in Philippians, we will begin to see our compassion warm. How do we do this? Take time every day to consider someone else. Considering means you will need to pause with a purpose. Quiet as much of life's noise as you can and find a place where you will not be disturbed. Turn off your computer and cell phone and consider others. Burden filtering is not just thinking about them. It is prayerfully thinking about them, considering their present struggles. Make a list of the people you are going to consider. The list should include a parent, your spouse, or a close friend, someone much younger than you like your child or grandchild, a person of prominence you admire, a person of different ethnicity, and a friend. You should include someone you dislike, like someone who has mocked you or caused an offense. You should also include someone you do not agree with, like someone with an opposing political view. Now take some time 
to consider the person in light of their life misery and struggle. How do they struggle with isolation and meaninglessness? How do they struggle with their decisions, responsibilities, and purpose? How do they struggle with their mortality? Are they struggling with issues of trust? Are they aware that God loves them? What are their fears and anxieties? What pain are they experiencing at the present? Please do not use this time to compare their struggles to yours. Assume that their battles are currently more intense and painful than yours. Remember, we are to consider others above ourselves and not less than ourselves. Once you have completed this time of burden filtering, it is time to pray. Start by thanking the Lord for them, thanking Him that He loves them more than you ever could. Thank Him that John 3.16 applies to them as much as it does to you. Ask that the word of God's love come to them and offer yourself to deliver the message of hope. Ask the Lord to prepare your words and provide the opportunity. Ask the Lord to send other believers across their path, someone who they will listen to that can guide them to Him. Ask that the scales of doubt, denial, self-centeredness, and spiritual blindness fall from their spiritual eyes. Ask the Lord to protect them so they may feel the consequences of their life direction, but not suffer harm in pursuing that direction. If this burden filtering, followed by prayer, becomes a regular part of your life, you will find you start to see others as God sees them, and your compassion will warm. Boundaries will still be necessary, but at least you'll be able to set them with kindness. Systemic racism is an evil that needs to be eliminated. But do not forget, it is only a symptom of a more deadly disease. If we only address and attempt to treat the symptom, we'll be encouraging the cancer to grow. You cannot expect to find a cure for lung cancer if you are only treating the cough. You cannot expect to find a cure for universal ethnic bitterness if your focus is just on eliminating systemic racism. Bitterness is the internalization and personalization of a real or perceived injustice with a persistent and intense rumination about the injustice or the agent of the injustice, resulting in more damage caused by the bitterness than could ever be caused by the injustice. Do not be discouraged or distracted by the present turmoil in our world. Guard your heart. Be aware of where you are self-centered, greedy, and spiritually empty. Seek God with your whole heart. Your life matters. Your world needs you. Be an example of God's kind of consideration, compassion, and love.